Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your life sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. What up? We're back. Joy Taylor show on Fox Sports Radio. Not on a beautiful Saturday. It's, it's all gloomy here in LA. We have like backwards summer in LA. It's gloomy for May and June, and then it's hot until October. It's weird. Uh, I've been out for a couple weeks um, traveling as I, I do during the off season. And uh, although I've seen Sam a bunch, because Sam has been in with us. That's right. Uh, in the in the studio for the herd, it's been really fun. Weekdays on FS1, uh, yeah, it's it's fun in the studio. It's a it's a good time, and it's slowly starting to get a little more open now. Um, we had we had our our seamen and sea women in uh, for Fleet Week. Our, our our service members. That was neat. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and we've had a bunch of guests in. We have a fun show today. Uh, Ryan is here with us as well as Monzi. And uh, we've got we've got a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, we're in the middle of the NBA Finals. I did not get to talk about my Heat losing. I won't bore you with all of that. But uh, yes, I was sad. Jimmy gave it his all, and uh, I can live with I can live with that shot. If you're wondering, I could live with it. Got to you got to let your best player take the shot he wants, especially when he is the only reason why you are in the game to begin with. 
if it goes in, he's a hero. If he doesn't, you question it. That's how it goes with those shots. And um, he he solidified himself as a superstar. And I think hopefully the Heat finally will get some actual respect going seven games with Boston with a, a completely banged up roster. But um, but Boston had a, an incredible game one, uh, at least the fourth quarter. It was a really close game up until the fourth quarter when they rattled off seven threes in a row to blow it wide open up in Golden State. So we'll talk to Mark Medina, uh, NBA analyst for Fox Sports, uh, about that. He is he is in the Bay, so he has lots of insight on what's going on and uh, how everyone's feeling about Game 1. Amina Smith covers the Celtics in Boston, so uh, talk to her about their perspective on what happened in Game 1 and how Boston is doing throughout the postseason. And Van Lathan has a new book uh, on The Ringer and uh, get his thoughts on on sports and talk about his book as well. But yeah, so the NBA Finals, uh, I was very excited about it. I think it's a fun matchup. You know, we have Tech City in Golden State and California up against, you know, gritty Boston. Now, I will say this particular Boston squad, like the actual players, I know everyone like says they like feel very Boston. They don't feel very Boston to me. Like the fact that I that I like a majority of their roster being a Heat fan, it means they're not very Boston to me. <laughs> I'm actually watching the game like can we just change the jerseys so I can root harder for this team cuz I really like a lot of their players. Uh particularly I'm rooting for Al Horford who's had an incredible postseason, but I just can't get over that it's the Celtics. And look, I'm not going to hide my bias. I'm a Heat fan. We don't we don't like the Celtics. What am I supposed to do? Lakers fans can relate. Um, and uh, we have Pat Riley, who obviously, if you watch Winning Time, one of the most notorious lines is that he does is not like Boston. <laughs> but they've they've had a really impressive postseason. I I'm definitely rooting for Ime Udoka, who has done an incredible job. I was not the biggest Brad Stevens fan. I I felt like all I was ever hearing about with Brad Stevens was like system and so smart and okay, like where's the results? They're not in the NBA Finals, so obviously, whatever this is. Is not working. And to Boston's credit, they pivoted off of Brad Stevens, put him in the front office. And Ime, in his first season as the head coach of the Boston Celtics, is in the NBA Finals and won game one on the road against Steve Kerr and the very experienced Golden State Warriors. Now, again, I do not anticipate that this is going to be a trend that continues in game two. In fact, when you look at the numbers, uh, the Celtics made seven their first seven three-pointers in the fourth quarter and shot 51%, 51 51.2% from three. This postseason, teams are combined 15-0 when they shoot 48% or better from three-point range. 15-0 when you shoot 48% or better from three-point range. However, those teams have gone 5-9 and nine in the following game and have shot just 33.5% from three. Now, I think that makes a lot of sense when you think about it. I know I just threw a lot of numbers at you, but basically, if you're super awesome at three <laughs> threes in one game, you're going to come back to the norm in the next game. It's just That's just how it is. I don't think that Al Horford is going to go 6-for-8 from three and Derek White is going to go 5-for-8 from three in game two. I'm... I could be wrong, but I feel strongly about that prediction. Now, that's not to say that these one of them are going to have bad games, but they both had outlier games from three. So, overall, they all really shot great from the perimeter. I think Golden State will make adjustments for that. And, um, you know, it was probably a good thing for Golden State to get 
smacked in the mouth like that in game one at home. This is not a Boston team that's going to just roll over. And they can have a moment, which they did. Again, I don't think that that's going to, how game two is going to go. The line would reflect that four and a half. The Warriors are favored by in game two tomorrow night, according to Fox Bet. And, um, you know, they've been here before, have these Warriors. Here's Draymond Green on, uh, on reacting to game one. Whether you win every game at home, you still want to win one on the road. In our history, we've always won one on the road. So it's just nothing to panic about. It's the first team to win four games, not the first to win one. <laughs> Draymond's had a lot of great quotes throughout this postseason run, which has been, in my opinion, one of the best postseasons in a long time. It it really showed uh, the the teams that had success in this postseason. It it really showed what I think the new NBA looks like, which is having really balanced teams on both ends of the floor. I think we all got a little crazy with the offensive uh, wave and three-pointers and all of that. And and yes, when you shoot, you know, what the Celtics did in game one from three, no one's going to be able to keep up with you. But in a normal game without an aberration, you've got to be able to guard the perimeter. You can't have defensive liabilities on the floor. Players are so skilled and so athletic the idea that you can just be a specialist. I mean, Duncan Robinson, that's his job. He gets paid very well to be a specialist, and he couldn't get on the floor in the postseason. Defensive liability. Just couldn't do it. And then you're not knocking down shots. That's even worse. So you're not even contributing on the offensive side of the ball. So I think a lot of the teams that had success this postseason had great cultures, great coaching, great leadership on the floor, and had a had a significant presence on the defensive end. So I think that's what you're going to see in game two. I think the Warriors will make some adjustments. They're not going to just allow that to happen again. I think they'll play with a, a little more, a little more intensity. I wouldn't be surprised if game two is a little chippier than game one was. Now the refs were kind of letting them play, so. We'll see how it goes in game two as far as that goes. Usually the refs are much lighter on the whistle in the finals and late into the postseason. They don't want to, you know, the NBA doesn't want that to be the story as the referees, which it has been throughout the postseason. So we'll see how that goes. My prediction for game two is that the Warriors bounce back. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think there's going to be many blowouts, if any, in these finals. And they will have a little bit more... A little bit more, I don't know, edge to them. Let's call it that in game two and kind of match Boston's energy. And Boston should feel good about what they did. That was a really impressive performance. Again, Al Horford, 26 points, six rebounds, three assists, and 11 of his 26 points came in the fourth quarter. So just a really clutch performance out of him. Jalen Brown, who has just been so consistent, is such an impressive player. 24 points, seven rebounds, and five assists. In game one, really what what the other story from game one to me was the Warriors and uh, their starting lineup. Jamon Green is going to have to contribute more on the offensive side of the ball. Four points is not going to get it done. Andrew Wiggins, who has had a reemergence in this postseason, adding 20 points to Steph Curry's 34. But they're going to need some more offense, which is, you know, a rare thing to say about the Warriors. But I think we're going to see a very different complete game in Game 2 from the Celtics and Warriors tomorrow night. We'll talk a lot more about all of this with our guests today, Mark Medina and Amina Smith. A lot of other stuff going on today as well. Uh, we're just talking with LeVar about Tua. You can give my thoughts on that. Um, another coach is losing it over NIL, Ryan Day, $13 million. It sounds really dramatic, but it's actually 
it's actually a really good thing when you take a step back and a deep breath, which is what I've been encouraging everyone to do when it comes to NIL. LeBron is a billionaire, the first active NBA player to become a billionaire. We'll discuss that and the Lakers' new head coach. And the NBA is discussing shortening the season, the regular season. Please do that. My thoughts on what Adam Silver said about being open to reducing the number of games during the regular season for the NBA. All of that and more coming up on The Joy Taylor Show. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What up? Welcome back to the Joy Taylor Show, Fox Sports Radio. We'll talk to Mark Medina in a few minutes. He is up in the Bay getting ready for game two. He will be at shoot around and practice today. So we'll get his perspective on what happened in game one. I think Boston hit a bunch of threes. One right after the other. That's my take on that. So pretty cool news this 
this week. LeBron is a billionaire. He has a new a new head coach, and he's a billionaire now. According to Forbes, he is the first, the NBA's first active player worth a billion dollars. He has, uh, he's hit that milestone. No other NBA player has done that during their career. Michael did it, but he didn't hit the billion dollar mark until 2014, more than a decade after he retired. Um, I don't, I don't think it's a competition about who becomes a billionaire first, but it is significant that he did it while he was playing. And um, to me, this speaks to something that I've always said about LeBron, which is, in my opinion, he is the greatest. He's the greatest superstar that we have ever seen or had in sports, all sports. He is the greatest. He has been in the public eye since he was 16 years old. Now, I don't know about you guys, but. Uh, you know, I've dabbled in some shenanigans uh, over the years, and I don't think that I would have done well having cameras follow me around and judge my every move from the time that I was 16 years old until 37. I'm 35. I think it's wildly impressive, especially during an era of social media where everyone is a journalist now. Anyone can go live at any point. Anyone can record you doing anything. He, the way that he has managed not just his career on the court, which, uh, you know, people have different opinions about the decisions that he's made. Uh, I don't, I didn't love him going back to Cleveland, but then he won in the championship, so he shut me up. I don't have any problem with how he has managed uh, his career on the court and off the court. He's just been tremendous. Now, I know there's a group of weirdos who want to bring up China and tweet about it on their phones that are made in China with their, their hats that are made in China, um, all about how LeBron is supposed to single-handedly save the world. But most normal, well-adjusted humans that have brain cells that communicate with each other realize what LeBron has done is not just unprecedented in that he's the first NBA player to hit the billionaire mark, but just the way that he has done it is, to me, there, we've never seen anything like it. His biggest scandal, and I'm not counting the China thing because, again, I have a brain. His biggest scandal is that he he chose to leave Cleveland on national television while also donating, like, millions of dollars to charity. Uh, I, I obviously benefited tremendously from that decision, so I'll never see it from the other side. Obviously, he then has, you know, changed his announcement style since then, went going back to Cleveland, did the article in SI, and then um, then it was just like a PR announcement, like a tweet, like LeBron's going to the Lakers. So he has scaled down since then. But I just think what he has done with his businesses, the the way that he has empowered the people around him, the way that he has been an entire industry himself. I mean, the GOAT conversations have filled a lot of time and a lot of hours on on our end of the business debating him and Michael for years. He's just such a polarizing superstar, which is which is something that I truly actually believe you have to be in order to be a superstar is polarizing. I think if people can be easily neutral on you, it's very difficult to 
to transcend and to cut through. Like if you look at true, true superstars, Tom Brady, Michael, LeBron, Tiger Woods, they have a little bit of controversy to them. They have something about them that is very easy to hate. Now, greatness is obviously the one connecting fiber with these these people, but LeBron you very uniquely doesn't have those controversies. He doesn't have the deflate gate and the spy gate. He doesn't have the, you know, away from the sport issues that uh that Tiger Woods or or Michael had. I mean, you're just you're looking at someone who has been able to manage their career and personal life at a level that I just I have always been completely astonished by, but also have the ultimate respect for. And I think it also speaks to who he is as a superstar, that the people around him respect him enough to respect his brand and to understand the levity and importance of what it is he does. Now, again, he is just a naturally polarizing player because there are people like me who are just, I'm a zealot. Okay. I'm a Michael Jordan zealot. I can, I can admit it. I, 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 that, that is too embedded in who I am as a person for me to move off of. But I can, while saying that, recognize the, the overall greatness of LeBron's career and what he's accomplished winning championships with three different organizations, uh, just the longevity, the health, and of course the business side of things. I think that LeBron, LeBron will never be looked at the way that Jordan is looked at because it was a different era. It was a different time in society. We have so much access to other humans now that we just didn't have before. There was this demigod nature to being a superstar in the 80s and 90s and even early 2000s that we're just never going to see again. I mean, if you wanted to see Michael, you had to be in front of your television and that game had to be airing in your market. If you want to see what LeBron is doing on Tuesday night, you just go on Instagram. You have so much access to him. You have so much access to all stars. So, And there's so many different ways to be famous now. Like you can be Instagram famous. You can be YouTube famous. You can be television famous or movie famous. Like you could be Twitch famous. <laughs> There's so many different ways to have a following and have a profile that just didn't exist before. So if, if you were famous, then you were really, really famous. Like people really knew who you were. And there was almost a little bit of like, I don't want to go as far as worshiping goes, but it was just these stars were so untouchable. You just did not have access to them. So the fantasy of it just and and the lure of their careers and who they were was was so much bigger. And you're never going to have that again. So um, I, I just think I think it's so impressive what LeBron has done. He's built such an empire. Uh, Forbes estimated that he brought in over nine hundred million dollars in income off the court uh, 300 million with the Spring Hill Company, Fenway Sports Group, 90 million, real estate, 80 million, Blaze Pizza, 30 million, and other cash and investments. Investments they're estimating over 500 million. By the way, I saw his new movie with Adam Sandler the other day. I was at the premiere of Hustle. Um, it was actually really good. I liked it. It was fun. It was the cameos are great. Um, Anthony Edwards is 
so funny. He's so good. He has such a great personality. He's gonna be he's gonna be on ads for a long time, Anthony Edwards. But Adam Sandler stars in it, and uh, it's it's got a lot of great cameos. Kenny Smith, Trey Young. Uh, well, Kenny Smith is like has a significant role in it. Trey has a cameo, um, but it, it's really well done. It's fun. It's a, it's a nice like it's a nice sports watch. And I hosted a play called King James downtown at the Mark Taper Forum last night. Um, and it, it it's like it's a two man play about the relationship. Like these these two guys have a friendship and how it evolves over LeBron's career. It's really funny. It's so weird to be on the other side of Cleveland for everything because <laughs> the perspective is totally different. Like I remember where I was when LeBron said he was going, taking his talents to South Beach. I, I was on I was on South Beach, but I was on North Beach. I was at the Benihana North Beach in Miami, Miami Beach. And I'm sitting at the bar with my girlfriend. My girlfriend doesn't know anything about sports, so she doesn't know what's going on. And I'm 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 watching Jim Gray like start to make the announcement. I'm like, I asked the bartender to turn it up. And I'm listening to it. And he's he's he says the line, like I'm taking my talents to South Beach. And I just went nuts. I'm running around this bar, like screaming at everyone. I'm like, all of your lives have changed. Forever, like all of you are, you you are worth more now. <laughs> like the city is, the city is going to be different. Like everything is just better now. You have no idea what just happened and how impactful this is. It was such an incredible moment. My girl was like, "Can you please sit down? Like you're embarrassing me." I'm like, "I'm, I'm being calm." You have the sound. Should we reenact it right now? Uh, I, well, I can't because I, I I did use a lot of choice language. <laughs> Well, in my, in I do my have excitement. the drop of him saying it. Um, okay, we can fake reenact it. Let's do it. This fall, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach and um, join the Miami Heat. That was the conclusion I woke up with this morning. Bleep yes! Bleep yes! You're better. Your life is better. Everything is awesome. Bleep yeah! Go Miami. It was such a great moment. Joy, when I found out that LeBron was going to Miami, I was at Hershey Park in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, I've been at Hershey Park. <laughs> and uh, this guy in a Knicks jersey is just walking around. And how I found out is he came up to my dad completely unprompted and he goes, <laughs> Did you hear LeBron's going to Miami? And he's just so mad because clearly, you know, obviously he didn't choose the Knicks. Right. And that's how I found out that LeBron went to Miami. You know, it's funny because in the play last night, they reenact what like Cleveland fans' reaction was and they're like like the one guy is like super sad and the other guy's like well we never gave him a team like what did you expect and it's it's so funny like reflecting back on it now I think I think most of us as a society have kind of calmed down from that like eh, maybe we overreacted to that you know just in general probably wasn't that big of a deal you should uh, not have burned your LeBron Cleveland jersey Listen, because the, <laughs> it was worth something the second time around. Right. It's worth something now. Big that, time. that part. And uh, the people that burn the jerseys. I mean, jokes on you. You paid for this. What are you doing? Like, do you think it's like hurting their feelings or something? Colin and I were talking about this. Uh, well, I'll, I'll talk about this after Mark Medina. But this because we talked about KD because KD is obviously coming up a lot now that his former team is now back in the finals without him. And just how mad people were at KD for leaving and going to Golden State. Like, did these guys not earn the rights after seven years and KD nine years to choose to go somewhere else? You act like they just showed up in the league and after a year, they're like, ah, you know, I just do not like Oklahoma City. I'd like to leave. 
That is, that's not what happens. But that is how the reaction would paint it. We'll get to Mark. We'll talk about that a little bit later. We'll get to Mark Medina. He's in the Bay right now. Uh, get his thoughts on what happened in game one and what he is thinking is going to go on in game two. And the Lakers have a new head coach. Ask him about that as well. And KD, let's get to Monzi Bellanos with the updates. What's trending? Oh, Dr. Joy Taylor. <laughs> Such a pleasure to work with you today. Pinch me. I can't believe it. I also totally agree with what you were saying about LeBron. I think we need to give him credit for how he has handles it, handled his life in front of a camera since he was a kid, essentially. Social media has totally changed everything to the point that you said, I don't think we have movie stars anymore. No, we it's, don't. It's, it's just, it's, we have stars, but right. we don't worship them the way we used no, to. No, because you used to have to wait to see them at the red carpet. Now you can see everything they're doing, like you just said. Like the stars we have to me are superheroes, but we don't have like movie stars anymore. And I think it all connects to that social media, but I'm totally with you about that. Uh, right now, though, we got a couple of games going on in Major League Baseball. The Yankees are still edging out the Tigers in the Bronx, 1-0. to zero. Aaron Judge hit his 21st homer of the season. Season. The Yankees are today entered as the best team in Major League Baseball. We also have a doubleheader between the Cardinals and the Cubs. They're in game one right now. It's the fourth inning. The Cubs have a slight edge, one to zero, but very exciting for Albert, Albert Pujols, who was put in the game in the second inning, his 3,000th career game. I can't believe I, I can't even say that. 3,000th career game. Absolutely insane. Later today, we do have a big game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Colorado Avalanche will try to take a 3-0 lead against the Edmonton Oilers in game three of the Western Conference Finals in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll see if the Avalanche will stay alive. They were shut out in game two. And of course, you're going to talk a lot about basketball tomorrow as a big game. But I'm with you. Like you told um, LeVar Arrington, I don't think it's winner, winner go home. I don't think it's if you lose, it's not over. I don't think so. I'm no, with you. it's game two. It's game two. TJ said that. TJ TJ, okay. I couldn't tell it. who said that. It was TJ. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think so. It's it's going to be a fun game. We'll see what happens. I'm leaning towards the Warriors. I've never seen so many people split up between uh, finals like this. It's quite crazy. But I think I'm leaning towards the Warriors. I think they can figure it out. Tip-off, though, is set for tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern time, and I'm sure you're going to talk about it. But the big thing for me with PGA, Kevin Na, a five-time winner of the PGA Tour, has announced that he's resigning from the tour so he can play in the Live Golf Invitational Series that starts next week in London. He's ranked 33rd in the world. He announced his resignation today on social media. He, quote, freedom to play wherever I want and exercising my right as a free agent gives me that opportunity, end quote. I think we're going to see more of this, too, from the PGA golfers leaving to be able to play in the live international or invitational series excuse me probably a lot of money in there but they're trying to be billionaires like lebron aren't we all aren't we all <laughs> back to you joy thank you monzi that's monzi bolanos you listen to the joy taylor show on fox sports radio let's go out to mark medina nba analyst mark thank you for joining us today Joy, always get talking with you, the hardest worker in the biz. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Uh, you're in the Bay, right? I am, yep. I'm getting ready for Warriors uh, Celtics practice. Should be interesting. So, how are they feeling up there? Are they a little nervous after how things went in game one? Or they're just like, you know, we've been here before, it's not that big of a deal? Yeah, it's the latter. Uh, you know, look, they don't want to brush off a game one defeat or their mistakes. But I think, you know, they're leaning on the fact that it's only one game. They have a lot of championship experience. And when it comes to their shortcomings, 
in game one, they think it's easily correctable. I mean, look, uh, they didn't quite say it, but you read between the lines when they're talking about, you know, Al Horford and Marcus Smart and Derek White combining to hit 15 threes. Um, they just didn't think that was sustainable. So they feel like that will course correct. And they also just felt like, hey, guys like Draymond Green and Jordan Poole will play much better when you add all those things up. It'll be all right. But here's the thing. I think the Warriors missed an opportunity, not just because they lost a home game on the first game of the series, but you know they really held Jason Tatum well. He only shot 3 of 17. Jalen Brown shot 10 of 23. So while it might be reasonable to think that it's not sustainable for guys like Al Horford and Derek White to bomb from deep, it's probably not sustainable to suspect that both J- Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown will shoot below 500. So there's a lot of cat and mouse here. Uh, be interesting to see how it all plays out in game two. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually, I, that I think everyone's kind of glossing over, is that because they shot so well from three, we sort of forgot that Jason Tatum did not really have that great of a game. But he, he will have those moments every once in a while. And, and my question with, he talked a little bit about it this week, but my question with Jason Tatum is, and really with the Celtics as a whole, is like, who is the guy? Who's the alpha guy? Because Jason Tatum doesn't really have that kind of personality, but they do seem to step up together as a unit in moments when they need to, like they did in game one. I just don't know if that is enough to win a championship. Yeah, it's a fair point. I think Jason is the guy, but there are times that, you know, Jason and Jalen are 1A and 1B. I think to your point, the Warriors do have much more depth but, you know, the Celtics exerted that, you know, guys like Al Horford and Derek White are much more reliable than a young guy like Jordan Poole, who just really played an awful game. Only nine points, four turnovers. Um, but with the, the thing that was interesting about Jason Tatum is, look, his 3-17 mark is what it is. But Ime Adoka after the game and the rest of the Celtics uh, players, they were really talking about how Jason still had a positive impact on the game because of his 13 assists getting guys involved, still making plays on defense. And I think that that is some moment of growth because a lot of times in the past, Jason Tatum's success or failure really based on how well he was scoring and shooting the ball. Here he had an off night but was still able to compensate elsewhere. Um, So I think that's the other thing that the Warriors have to keep in mind. Maybe they can throw Andrew Wiggins and Klay Thompson and Draymond on Jason to limit his scoring, but – he still has other ways to make himself effective. But all that being said, I think the Warriors will be fine for Game 2 because it's on their home floor, and I think that they'll make the necessary adjustments to rectify everything. We're talking to Mark Medina on the Joy Taylor Show. My prediction for Game 2 is that it's going to be a lot chippier than Game 1. I don't think that the Celtics are going to rattle off seven three-pointers in a row to start the fourth quarter. And Golden State is not gonna not gonna play around in Game Two. They don't want to go down 0-2 at home in the NBA Finals. So I think they're gonna bring just just a little more edge tonight, kind of match match or tomorrow night and the match Celtics the Celtics energy. Yeah, I mean, if there was a way to bet on a game being chippier in Vegas, I'd put all my <laughs> money on that. Um, because you're right, I think the Warriors are gonna. You know, play a lot better defensively. You know, Draymond Green didn't just shoot poorly from the field two at twelve, but he didn't have the kind of Draymond defensive effort that he's normally shown. And usually, while it's, uh, you know, I think in the finals, especially inexcusable, I think that it is comforting that he's had a good history of bouncing back after poor playoff performances into the next game. So I think that he's going to raise his game to another level. I think the other thing to keep an eye on is that 
I think the Warriors are going to try to prop Jordan Poole up to get him going. But if it, it doesn't work, I think he's going to get a shorter leash, and they're going to rely on Steph Curry to play more minutes. He only had 38 minutes. You know, that might be a lot in a regular season game, but the finals, sometimes you get in the 40-minute mark. And it, it was very telling that as much as Steph Curry's you know, hot shooting performance after the first quarter tailed off on his own volition in the Celtics' defensive adjustments. When he sat out the first 225 of the fourth quarter, that's when the Celtics went on that 7-0 run and chipped away at that 12-point deficit. Uh, here, I don't think Steve Kerr will, you know, have as long of a leash to do that, and he won't mess around. So look for Steph Curry uh, to exert his workload even more. So we're talking to Mark Medina. The Lakers announced their new head coach, Darvin Ham, who will be replacing Frank Vogel. Overall, I feel like the the reaction from people in the league or around the league is very positive to Darvin. Everyone seems to like him. He has been an assistant for a long time. So, you know, he's he's come through the ranks along with being a former player. Um, my question is not really for Darvin because I think he's more than qualified for this for this job and this opportunity. My question is, because we're seeing things kind of leak now, like the Lakers, like, oh, you know, Rambus isn't going to be in the meetings and you know, Darwin's going to be able to select his own his own coaching staff. Like all these things that are pretty standard for head coaches that they didn't do with Frank Vogel. How much of that do you think is sustainable, and how much of it is uh, just you know a little bit of PR? Yeah, I have a wait and see approach with the the things that you outline because I always not just in sports but in general. Like I try to observe. What do people do as opposed to what they say, mm-hmm. right? Because that usually that usually reveals itself a lot more. And so I am comforted to the to the fact, for Darwin's sake, that he had a four year um, offer and that he is told that he can assemble his coaching the staff the way that he wants to. That's usually coaching one hundred and one, um, and he'll be judged on the results accordingly. But you know, the bigger questions here is what's the roster going to look like? I mean, that was the main reason why uh, the Lakers did not even make the playing tournament last season. It wasn't because of Frank Vogel's coaching. So while you can microanalyze maybe some of his rotations, did he have the same command of, of respect in the locker room as he did his first year when they won the championship? You know, Darvin Ham's positive qualities uh, I don't think can overcome a bad roster, nor can any other coach for that matter. So, um, you know, I think the, the Lakers moving forward have to make sure that they're able to thread that needle of, yes, have have a lot of voices for the sense of having robust discussions to make decisions, but allow Rob Polinka to be the final decision maker and not have this thing where there's so many cooks in the kitchen and all that stuff. Uh, and so with that being said, I think that there needs to be a lot of urgency to trade Russell Westbrook. I know that they're you know, kind of conceding the possibility that Russ will uh, be back next season because they can't find a trade market. But I hope the Lakers are mindful that it's not just a matter of, oh, can you trade Russ for an all-star player? Like, you're going to have to move the goalposts. And it's even worth it, even if you're just getting role players, even if you have to give up that first-round pick in 2027, because this is really the only lane that they can upgrade their roster. They only have the $6 million trade exception. They can only sign other players on veteran minimums deals. So this is the best way to fix the roster with the Westbrook trade. And look, I, I'm just not buying it, Joy, that 
if only Westbrook plays more than 21 games, will LeBron and AD and is able to play with a coach that might put him in better positions to succeed, that all of a sudden he's a better player. I fault a lot of the shortcomings on Russ himself, and frankly, I don't see his behavior changing anytime soon. So I think it's on the Lakers to just cut their losses and move on. Yeah, I agree. Thanks so much for coming on, Mark. Enjoy game two tomorrow. Uh, Always appreciate your insight. Have a great weekend. Hey, Joy, likewise. Appreciate you. Have a good weekend. It's Mark Medina, NBA analyst for Fox Sports. He's covered the league for a long time. So Ryan Day is he's 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 now weighed in on NIL. All of the big time coaches are dropping their opinions on what's going on. And it sounds sounds very dramatic. Thirteen million dollars to keep these roster intact. What will we do? How is this sustainable? Why have all the answers and why this is actually really good news for all of these big programs. That's and why you got to calm down about KD and LeBron next on the Joy Taylor Show. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome back. Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. Been a while. It's good to be back with you guys. Thank you to Mark Medina for that uh, that game two preview. Uh, yeah, I think tomorrow night's gonna be it's gonna be a little chippier than game one. Golden State's gonna have a little more, a few more elbows thrown around. So everyone's freaking out about NIL as usual because anytime there's anything that changes, everyone uh, across the planet acts like the world is ending. Every once in a while, it is actually ending. This is not one of those things. The NIL is. Been been on the way for years, and the NCAA completely ignored it, chose to do nothing about it. And now there are minimal regulations, and everything is basically a free-for-all, at least how, this is how the coaches are describing it. And there's a, a massive amount of fear, fear-mongering being shared from the biggest names in the sports the sport, Nick Saban, um, Ryan Day, uh, it, the list goes on and on. And I get it. When things change, most people don't like change. Most people who are in power, who lose power when there's change, really freak out. That's a lot of what's happening here. And I'm not going to sit here and say that there aren't people trying to take advantage of young people or that, you know, we may see some mistakes made along the way. My biggest thing with NIL is I don't know when or where we became this society that just gets to decide what other people do with their lives. I, I, it's a sense of entitlement that I find to be just fascinating. Um, and we, there's you know many things this could apply to, but I constantly hear a couple, a couple phrases being thrown around with NIL um, that they're buying players, which is just, it's just, it's just an outrageous way to describe what's happening. No one is being purchased. That's not how this works. There are no contracts that these kids have to. I don't even like saying kids. That's the other thing. Because everyone keeps saying kids. is making me say kids. These young people, young people, they are not children. They are 18 years old. They are adults. Are they young adults? Yes. Was I a dumb young adult? Yes. Some, most of us were. Not all of them are. Some of them have actual family structures and they have agents and they have financial managers. They're not all just out here blowing hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is also my biggest point when it comes to what Ryan Day said. He said, and essentially they're going to need $13 million to keep their current roster intact. Okay. At, at surface, that looks like everyone should panic. But here's the reality. There's only a few programs that are competing for the top-level recruits. Let's just keep it a buck here. Panera Bread University is not involved in recruiting the same players that Ohio State and Michigan and Wisconsin and USC 
and LSU and Alabama and Georgia are recruiting and Clemson. There's like 15 to 20 programs who truly compete for the top level talents in college football. The reason that we know this is because there's like three programs that actually have a real opportunity to win a national championship every single year. So $13 million for those schools, when you're talking about athletic departments that bring in hundreds of millions of dollars a year through their programs is nothing. You don't need to build another smoothie farm down the hallway. Instead of doing that, you, you talk with your boosters and set aside money to, to, by the way, for these kids to advertise for the boosters. That's the entire point of NIL. No one is being paid to play football. They're being paid to advertise whatever products these, these, these advertisers or boosters who are associated with the school want to push out. So it's really a win for everyone. Everyone's just got to calm down with the panic on it. $13 million is not a lot of money. Ohio State brings in like $200 million a year through their athletic programs. You're good. You're good. Don't ask that booster to build another locker room. Instead, you know, have him advertise for your your Jeep dealership. I don't know. (laughs) But the panic around it is just, it's so exaggerated It's so exhausting. It's all going to be fine. Are there going to be some mistakes made? Yes. Like there were mistakes made for decades with this previous way that we did things, which is why it changed. I just wish someone would come up and be like, yeah, you know what? We're we're leaning way into it and we're going to be awesome. If you want to come here and make a bunch of money, uh, come play for us and we're going to win championships. Or you can go to somebody who panics all the time. You could do that too. We'll talk to Amina Smith. Game two, NBA Finals, next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 
6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What up? Welcome back to the Joy Taylor Show. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's so gloomy out. You know, I don't want to lie to everyone and say it's a beautiful Saturday afternoon if it's not. Um, I don't mind this weather. Helps yeah. pr- it helps keep away forest fires. That's good. Okay, well, I'm not going to argue with you there. That would be ridiculous. You're right. As as many days as we can have in Southern California without (laughs) forest fires, the better. The better. Yes. Um, For those of you who don't know about the fires out here, they are real. They're real and they're not spectacular. They are not spectacular. Uh, There's a very, a, a video that's been watched millions of times on YouTube and it is driving on the 405 and both sides of the yep, canyon by the Getty. Yes, by the it Getty. It looks like hell. It looks like Mordor. It looks literally looks like hell. Yes. Like you're driving into hell. It does. Which and traffic here is sometimes hell. I was on that highway at that exact moment. It's not my video. I have a video in my phone like that one, but yeah, it was it's insane because the fire jumped the highway and you're just literally driving through hell. You're like that's like a commute. Like people are like if I saw that in my daily life, I'd be like I'm not going to work. Be like I have to go to work and this is just how it is around here. Yeah, in hindsight I probably shouldn't have driven through that. That's scary. It was insane. You need it new was, uh, cabin filters after that. Yeah, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen, maybe in my life. If, if you haven't seen the video, I'll, I don't want to tweet it out because it's traumatizing, but it, go, look, go look it up if you're into that sort of thing. Um, it's not hard to find. It's like 405 fire, and it's it's really crazy. Um, so we're in the middle of the NBA Finals. We had a very heated discussion in uh, the break here about NIL, which we'll get to That's after good. Amina. Um, because I, I actually think it's an important discussion because there's so many different perspectives on NIL and uh, actually, let's bring in Amina Smith. She was a she was a college athlete. Amina Smith covers the uh, all Boston sports in the Boston area. Thank you for coming on, Amina. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Always a good time when I get to hang out with you. NBC Sports Boston reporter and host, and uh, the U alum. And uh, you're in the Bay right now. I was just I was just spying on your Instagram. <laughs> yes, I'm in the Bay. I'm <laughs> severely underdressed because I did not think that it was going to be this cold in San Francisco. And I bought one jacket. You guys were talking about weather when you came in from the break. And I'm just like, the weather here is not what I was expecting. So I do need to go to the mall after this conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Bay is cold. The Bay is really cold. It's, it, it's weird because um, Southern California, normally it's like 70 and sunny every day. And mm-hmm. the Bay is cold except for like November. 
Like there's Which some I didn't know. I had no idea. <laughs> and then everyone was like messaging me on Instagram that I know that lives in the area. And they were like, yeah, girl, you need like an actual coat this time of year. I'm like, June in San Francisco, I need a coat. This is not what I signed up for. Yeah, we have backwards summer here. Our summer is late, too. Like our summer doesn't really start until like July. But theirs is there's very late in uh in the Bay Area. But then if you drive an hour out to Napa, you're, it's insanely hot. So there's no explanation for what goes on out here in California. But um, So we, I, I, I want to get, obviously, into uh, the Celtics and, and the finals. But we were just talking about the NIL. And, and you know, all, all these coaches are just freaking out. And it's exhausting. I, I can't handle it. Um, mm-hmm. We were both college athletes. I was not at the level that anyone was going to give me any money for NIL. But I did have two brothers who played college football. And we've heard stories forever. I mean, Billy Corbin made an entire 30 for 30 broke about, you know, guys getting money and Mm -hmm. not knowing what to do with it and people taking advantage of them. And my perspective on NIL, and I have a lot of thoughts on it, but the, the main one is why can't anyone just look at this as a positive? I can't stand problem people. Like, can we just... Can we just look at this possibly like maybe this is an opportunity for younger people to have more financial literacy and access to real money and and know how to do their taxes and how to invest and how to set up 401ks and all this stuff that I learned at like 30 and I'm still don't know what I'm doing at a, at a young age. Like, why can't that be a why can't that be a positive for all of this? You know what? I think that what bothers people about the whole NIL situation, just listening to coaches, you know, cry about it for the last like couple of months, is that just like you mentioned, like there's 30 for 30s out there about players being paid, and now because players are able to be, able to be paid you know, in the light, it's like it's almost leveling the playing field, right? So I listened to Nick Saban when a couple weeks ago talk about Texas A&M buying their players. I mean, come on. Are we really seriously? Like, what Like, what are we doing right now? Like, <laughs> it's almost just like these coaches are complaining because now these athletes have the opportunity to pick and choose where they want to go based off of how much they could make from their name, image, and likeness. It's like it's almost like they don't want them to have the power to choose it's almost like they still want to have that power over these athletes where it's like oh you can come here because we can win championships and maybe we'll give you a little bit something extra but it's like now you have other schools competing and the, the playing field is level for these guys oh yeah i mean nick nick knew what he was doing and and that whole thing i mean listen i loved it i love anarchy and drama but you know he knew what he was doing saying that and and he you can't do that like nick knows better you can't do that you can't call out come on now like that's that mm-hmm. that's why jimbo was like hold up <laughs> are right, we are we, exactly. airing, are we, are we airing it out right now is that what we're doing because i didn't know i had to have the receipts prepared but i got them they're in the back drawer in the um little ziploc baggie but i got them receipts so and you know he wanted to release the receipts too ooh. because it looked like jimbo was ready to just release it all <laughs> listen i say all the time i just i learn so much about people people are better than me there are so many people better than me out there because the stuff that people be saying i'm like look it could not be me the way that i'm gonna air you out so quick just it's good. It's good. And I know God is watching over me because I'm not putting these <laughs> situations. <laughs> I'm petty. I don't know. We want to go to war. Let me know. Just I just need to know because so I could stretch first. Um, Queen petty. OK, listen, Queen petty. <laughs> it could not be me. They're better than me. But you. so you're in the Bay right now. It's game two of the NBA finals tomorrow night. Uh, I'm very sad about the heat. But um, mm. I, I you know, here's the thing, Amina. I. 
I have this problem with Boston, right? Like it's just it's just oh it's just the Celtics, you know. And I can't. I'm over the Patriots. They don't they don't bother me anymore. Um, but. And I don't get crazy about the Red Sox either. It's just the Celtics. But yeah. I like so many of their players. I'm like looking at Al Horford. I'm like, damn, Al. Like, <laughs> I really want this That's for That's a likable team. I, I mean, know. come on. I know. But they're like, they're not a real, uh, like, they don't have that traditional Boston angst that uh, that these, you know, Celtics teams have had over the years to me. Like, they're like fun and young and likable. But um, what, what's what's been your favorite? Uh, like, there's so many storylines throughout this postseason for Boston. Um, um, I think Al's my favorite, but what's what's your your favorite story that that has come out throughout this this postseason run for the Celtics? I feel like Al has to be the story. I mean, he's definitely my favorite story. Playing 15 years in the NBA and then never making it to the NBA Finals, and just watching him all season long from the time that Al Horford came to Boston, came back to Boston. I remember I spoke to him within his first couple of days coming back to the city, and he was just so excited to be in Boston. He talked about it being like his second home, you know, all the restaurants that he loves to go to. And I think that he knew that this was an opportunity, especially with the career, like his latter years in his career where it's been kind of up and down and he's been moving around a little bit. And he kind of took it as an opportunity with this young team that he also saw when he was back here in Boston, this young team now developed with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart. He's like, okay, these guys are ready to go on a run. And he really bought into it. He led the team in the locker room, just being that veteran and taking care of his body as well. And then to see him again, just the whole 15-year career and then never making it to the NBA Finals, watching him joy drop to his knees in the Eastern Conference Finals after Game 7, like, I almost had a tear on the set. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I was just, like, just knowing Al Horford and speaking to him and just being around him, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you cannot help but to be happy for him and, you know, being able to be on this stage right now. Yeah, I, I agree. It's been fun to watch him, and he's had some really, really big moments for them, including Game 1. Um, so if there's something that makes you nervous about this team, because I, to me, I think it's their – Watching them through through the two series uh, leading up to the finals, I feel like they let teams hang around. Like, there's no mm-hmm. reason, and I can be honest about this as a Heat fan, if they were a dominant team, that they would have put the Heat away. Uh, maybe not even right. in game six, but, you know, game seven, everyone, Jimmy's playing every minute. You, you don't have Tyler Hero. Like, everyone's banged up. They, they really don't have a second scorer. Bam can't put it in the basket at all. And they just couldn't really, like, put their foot on their neck. And that's what worries me about them in this series. I, I do think game one, uh, it was a close game until they went on a seven, you know, th- that run of seven straight threes, which I don't anticipate mm-hmm. they will do again. So what is this something that makes you nervous, Amina, about this Celtics team if there was something? The only thing that makes me nervous about this Celtics team is them falling back into bad habits. When you talk about turning the ball over, when you talk about, you know, letting up, if you have a lead in the game, letting up, it just gives me flashbacks to earlier in the season when they're blowing 20-point leads, 30-point leads in the game. And you can't do that at this point in the season, especially in the postseason being in the NBA Finals. And then especially playing against a Warriors team where you can blink and then they're right back in the game. So if there's anything that worries me about this Celtics team, it's just them falling back into those bad habits. And you even saw that in game one a little bit. I was looking at an article after game one, and Ime Udoka, you know, what kind of got them that spark in there. And pumped out there. Oh, there you know, I just need you to play your brand of basketball. I need you guys to give yourselves a chance. 
And at this point, it's like, what more can Ime do? They know the plays. They know the game. They know what they have to do going out there. And it was really just him challenging them going into that fourth quarter. So the only thing that worries me is just falling back into those bad habits. Uh, speaking of Ime, what an impressive first season for him. And and I see a lot of stuff on social media, and it drives me insane. I was never a really big Brad Stevens fan. I just, I, like, enough with the uh, the, the system. Like, okay, it was, the system is not working. They're not getting to the finals. <laughs> they have a lot of talent. Like, when does the system uh, gear up? And I, I do think Boston deserves credit for not not dispelling with Brad Stevens because he's clearly a good basketball mind, but moving him within the 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 building and giving Ime the opportunity to develop this team and take them to the next level, which he's obviously done. And when you look at how Boston, as you mentioned, struggled at the beginning of the season, I think it's just it's remarkable what he's done. And to me, he really is to me the voice and the leader of this team. Uh, Jason Tatum to me doesn't mm-hmm. seem to have that sort of alpha, uh, which is not a bad thing. I don't. It's not a negative thing at all. He's obviously a superstar, but he doesn't seem to have that really like vocal, uh, fiery personality. And it, to me, it's very obvious that Ime is that, which is kind of rare in professional sports because you usually look to your superstar to be that. Yeah, and you know what? I'm so glad that you bring up the fact that what Ime is doing right now is remarkable because, well, you know this. I put something out on Twitter after Game 7. I said that people are not talking enough about Ime Udoka and what he's done with this team, taking them to the finals in his first year as a head coach. And when I tell you my phone was blowing up, <laughs> you had people that loved the tweet, and then you had people who were just like, oh, my God, it's not a big deal. It's not that serious. I'm like – are people not understanding where this team was back in December and January and what Ime Udoka had to do to get them on track to be in the NBA Finals? If that's not remarkable, I don't know what is. But Ime Udoka, this team has really taken on his personality. You take a look at what he's done as a player and as a coach. He's had to fight for every single opportunity. And you've really seen throughout the season that, you know, the core guys, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, they've really taken on that personality and then everybody else kind kind of falls into place, you know, fell into place when, you know, when things got tough. And then we talk about this team also, and their character is, you know, when their backs are up against the wall, they're able to get the job done. They fight through adversity. Adversity has been the common theme all throughout this season. And also you take a look at Ime Odoka again and his resume. Adversity, it's all been throughout his resume as well. So this team has really taken on that personality, and you're seeing it kind of pay off at this point in the season when they're in the NBA Finals. Thank you so much for jumping on with us, Amina. Um, I know you have to get to the mall to get that uh, jacket. <laughs> yes, bay. I do. <laughs> um, enjoy your parka. <laughs> yeah, enjoy your time in the Bay. Uh, that is a city that I absolutely love. Great food, um, and it's uh, I always have a good time up there. So. I know you're going to enjoy yourself and game two while you're there. Uh, thanks for stopping by and giving us some time today. Thanks so much for having me. That is Amina Smith, NBC Sports Boston, covers all of their, their teams up there and is in the Bay in San Francisco today, this weekend, for game two tomorrow night. All right, we shall continue our NIL arguments. Uh, on the other side, Sam and I were having a very heated discussion in the in the studio, in the break, and uh, we'll air it for you because I think it's a good discussion. That's coming up next on The Joy Taylor Show. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. 
Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What up? Welcome back to Joy Taylor Show, Fox Sports Radio. We'll talk to Van Lathan Jr. He's a podcast, Higher Learning, on The Ringer with Rachel Lindsay and a new book out. Uh, from Baton Rouge, I am going to be in, well, I've always really liked LSU, but now I have a, I have a nephew who is going to LSU in the fall, Mason, and he is already in Baton Rouge. He's, he's already working out there. Um, he's one of the top tight ends in the country, so I am I'm very excited for him. And I also have a nephew at Arizona with Jed Fish, Isaiah, and my brother is uh, is a coaching analyst for the U for the Miami Hurricanes with Mario Cristobal. So I've got a lot of merch to buy. It's going to be a busy college football season and uh, a few college football seasons for the next couple of years for me. Um, and speaking of that, we, we have a, we've had a lot of conversations today, obviously about the NBA finals game two tomorrow night. Um, but we also got into the, the NIL conversation again, Ryan day is the latest big time coach to weigh in on the situation and the big NIL monster, how do we contain it? 
And he said he's going to need $13 million and we'll have to run him $13 million to keep this roster intact. Now, at surface level, all of this seems like very dramatic and panicky, but a lot of this is just these coaches kind of putting the boosters on alert. Like, look, you're not going to hold me accountable for not being able to recruit against Michigan or LSU or Georgia or Ole Miss if you guys are not willing to, you know, give these kids some money to advertise for whatever it is you do uh, to get them here. Like this is the there's a new wave now for the top programs and they're going to need money for NIL. So there's there's a lot of things to break down here before we get to Van about what's going on here. And I, and I teased before the break that, that Sam and I were having a conversation about it. But I think you have to categorize what the issues are, what the pushback is, and what's actually happening. So we're saying things very flippantly about NIL that are not true, like buying players. No one is being purchased. You're not buying human beings. You're not buying high school players. The contracts are nothing. They are meaningless. You do the advertising that the the company has given you the money for, and then you can transfer to wherever you want. They are not professionals. They are not they are not stuck at that school forever if they want to leave that's their choice they don't have those contracts in place because they're not professional players so when you say buying players it's a very dramatic term but it's not actually real it's just a trope you're not being purchased so that's one thing to point out the other part of it is that the idea that it's going to create this impossible uh, competitive advantage for the bigger schools where have you been how do you watch college football is what it, huh there's no parent in that sport it's become for the most part mostly uh, difficult to talk about on a national level because it's so regional with the sec schools we know who's going to be in the college football playoff every single year and we pretty much know who's going to win it every single year there's no parody in this sport so the panic about parody and like nick saban talking about parody are you kidding me are you joking is this snl stop well, anybody threatening Nick Saban's uh, recruiting prowess for the last 20 years, like for him, that's parody all of a sudden showing up. Well, that he has to compete with somebody else. Right, but he's talking about it like it's a concern, like it's something he's worried about. Like there's It's nothing, a minor threat. It's not, but it's, it's very disingenuous. He is not concerned about parody in college football. That has been an issue forever, and he did not do anything to help create more parody in college football. My point is this. Whenever there's a system in place that creates major disadvantages for people and then has to be dramatically changed, it is obviously going to affect the top of the food chain that has benefited from that system for a very long time. This is something we all knew was happening. Anyone who, is fo- who follows this sport and politics and has a phone that has social media accounts on it, should know that this was happening, including the NCAA, who chose to do nothing about it. Our conversation was, how do we solve this? You brought up Colin's suggestion. Yes. Colin Coward, that you can't get NIL money until you get onto an actual college campus. You're maybe like an enrolled student. Right. And to which you said something that really I didn't have a, uh, a rebuttal for, which is like, Look at really young, talented musicians and singers, and they go out and make a, they just go and reap the money, you know? Right, because they're adults. There shouldn't be a double standard about that. Well, there there is because there's this idea that athletes have to be regulated because they're too stupid to handle a check. That's really what it is. Like when we get to the bottom of it, we've all been young people. So we know that young people don't have the experience and maturity mostly to handle a lot of money if you've never been around it before. That's a fact. Like we've seen the results Brain's of that. Brain's still developing. Right. But that's not, that, 
That doesn't mean anything. You're 18 years old in the United States of America. You're an adult. Like, that's how it works. You either are or you're not. And they are. You're old enough to buy a home. You're old enough to go to war. Like, you're old enough to do a lot of things. You can also receive a check for your exceptional talent. Now, the other thing is, like, how much money are they making? Like, why do they get this money? Because they're awesome at something. That's how it works. When you are a top-level talent at anything, whether it is a musician or a golfer or a college football player or an artist or a gamer, whatever it is that you do, if you are the top of the top, you make more money. That's how it works. That's how all of this works. So does it fair? I don't have a conversation about fair. If you're not awesome at something, then you probably feel that way. Like, that's just what it is. It's it's jealousy. And I'm not saying this as an elitist. Everyone has the potential to be good at something. But if you're not, you can't just be mad and say, well, I I don't think he should make a million dollars. Who cares what you think? It doesn't matter what you think. And why would that ever be a law? That is insane. Like, imagine if you graduated from college or you graduated from high school and there's just a law by some random governing body that's like, you can only make $30,000 for the next four years because I don't think you're mature enough to get more than that. I, th- I think that, and I brought this up to you, I think that a lot of people, whether it's a rational point, a rational point or not, is that a lot, like your average, um, uh, if you're rational, or uh, even if it's rational or not, like people, the average person will make like a million dollars in their entire lifetime from for their career earnings at like just a job as like a teacher or a, you know, a job as, um, you know, like a, a assistant accountant. And so like when someone sees a million dollar check going to an 18 year old and over the course of their lifetime, it will make a million dollars in their career. It might rub people, some people the wrong way. But I think right now, though, what I said to you is that there's like a gold rush going on and that the market will correct itself. These boosters are not going to shell out. What did Ryan Day want? $13 million a year. That's what I mean. Yeah. If it's 13 million a year, that's not that money's not going to last. It's going to dry up. Well, yeah, that's that's my other thing. That's where I really feel like things are going to course correct because everyone panics about how much money it is. You spoke but, about return on investment. Yeah, the ROI on this is eventually going to dry up. Like boosters yeah, are not going to keep giving out millions of dollars to these young athletes if it's not resulting in championships. It's, it's all eventually, about winning games. Right. Eventually they're going to realize like, oh wait, an offensive line isn't worth $3 million. It's Plus, not worth yeah. that. And a, and a really big a Blue Blood program like Alabama or Ohio State, you can't pay $2 million for a four or five star guy when you have like five, five stars. And, you know, it's, that's going to cost you a lot of money. It is, but they make a lot of money. They do. And, and they again, do. it's not the schools that are paying them. It's not no. the schools. And the issue Athletic that I have. Athletic departments are separate from the school. Right. But even that, it's not none of it is coming from the actual university. It's coming from boosters who are associated with the university. Right. They want the university to do well. That's why they're boosters. But they don't work for the school. They aren't giving them checks to play football. They're giving them checks to advertise whatever it is the product that they're giving. Now, we know it's not that straightforward, but it just doesn't matter. You can't regulate how people make money off of being themselves. And my pushback on being on a college campus would be this. You have young people now who have millions of followers in high school. So look at look at Bronny. Look at LeBron James' son. He has massive advertisers on his on his page, as he should. He has a huge following. But why would he not be allowed to advertise for something 
because he's a he's then going to be a college athlete. So now he has to drop all advertisers until he gets on the college campus. Well, what if that advertiser has nothing to do with the school? What if it's what if it's Fashion Nova or it's Nike or it's whatever random uh, Herbalife, whatever, like random thing, some supplement company. And they have nothing to do with Alabama or LSU right. or Ohio State. Why no would problem that be with regulated? That. I just but the pay for play stuff. I get upset about. But that's, but that's the problem. That's you not can't. What we're you can't regulate that. Like you can't pick and choose what people are allowed to do with their money and and their income. And if people don't like it, like there's lots of stuff people don't like. I don't care about. Like it's not. The, I'm not trying to be callous. It's just. I, I we're Americans like are, is it we're capitalists. You're supposed to be able to make money in this country if you have a talent like that's what people come here for uh, mostly. So th- th- that's just my pushback on it is like, is it uncomfortable for everyone? Sure. Are there big numbers being thrown around? Sure. But if you're awesome at something, you tend to make money at it. And I feel like you should be allowed to do that, even if you're playing football. Let's get to Monzi with Monzi with what's trying to get all flustered. <laughs> I get it, though. It is a topic of conversation that can be frustrating and it can fluster you. I get it. But you're right. It's your money. You can do whatever you want with it. And if you're good at something, you should be paid for it. I think it's as simple as that. And it's difficult to put any restrictions on it because then it's just impossible. It's just impossible. Either do it or you don't. And that's it. Nothing in between. And right now, we got games going on in Major League Baseball. The Yankees are still beating the Tigers. We have entered the top of the ninth inning in the Bronx. They are up 3-0. to zero. Two homers, one by Anthony Rizzo. And, of course, all rise. Aaron Judge hit his 21st homer of the season. And the Cubs are beating the Cardinals in game one of their doubleheader, 5-1 to one in the seventh inning. And we got the Twins and the Blue Jays early game, only the second inning. But the Twins are beating the Blue Jays 2-1. to one. ESPN reported that the uh, restricted free agent running back, Dearness John, has reached an agreement with the Browns on a one-year deal worth up to $2.4 million, including more than $900,000 in guaranteed money. Now, earlier today in the French Open, American Coco Gauff fell to the top seed, Iga Svantec, but she kept her spirits high, says she's ready for the next one. And also, let's go on to golf. Kevin Na, five-time winner on the PGA Tour, announced today on social media that he's resigning from the tour, and he's going to go play with the rival Live Golf Invitational Series. Series. That starts next week in London. He was ranked 33rd in the world. He resigned because he wanted to play wherever he wanted. He says he's exercising his right as a free agent. That gives him the opportunity to do that. So we'll see what happens. And then we have uh, a right now going on in golf. We got the Memorial Tournament. It is round three of the Memorial Tournament. And Billy Horschel is at the top of the leaderboard at 10 under par. That's all I got for you, Dr. Joy Taylor. Back to you. That's Monzi Bolaños with What's Trending. Thank you, Monzi. Of course. Uh, let's go out to Van Lathan Jr., host of the Higher Learning Podcast with Rachel Lindsay, and has a new sh- new book out, uh, which I actually purchased the book, uh, Van. I have it. I haven't, uh, in you know, to be transparent, I haven't started it yet, but I do own the book. Um, Fat, Crazy, and Tired, Tales from the Trenches of Transformation. Uh, thanks for jumping on with us today. We're having a lot of arguments about NIL. Uh, we talked about LSU earlier today. Obviously, my nephew is going there, and I have lots of strong feelings about NIL, which I'll ask you about in a second. But first, tell us about your book and where everyone can get it. Well, first of all, I will let you know that um, I'm happy that you bought the book more than I am whether or not you read it. <laughs> Okay, if you read it, it might change your life. But at this point, you buying it means more to me than actually having read it. So I appreciate you buying the book. I, no, su- I support my friends, and I am going to read it. I, I, it takes me eons to get through books. 
um, because I read like a half a chapter a day, but I am going to read it. But yes, I bought it. Um, Yeah, so the book is really just a combination of of my life, but examining sort of some of the cultural phenomenon that have predisposed to pre predisposed me, shall I say, to um to be in some of the situations that I find myself in. So when you're talking about uh, my mental health, which sometimes I've struggled with, my physical health, which sometimes I've struggled with, uh, the book is looking at all those things in like a, a holistic nature, what it means to be a black man from South Louisiana, and try to deal with those things and make healthy choices. Um, and also give yourself a little grace, you know, in your life. So before we get to NIL, we'll, we'll stick with the money conversation. LeBron James is the first active NBA billionaire. And I think that he's the greatest superstar that we've ever seen in the history of sports. When you consider the fact that he has been in the public eye since he was 16 years old, I would not have made it that far. I have plenty of shenanigans that would have uh, derailed my <laughs> career. So I have a lot of respect for how LeBron has handled his career uh, on the court, being in the public eye, and his business. But uh, what was your reaction to that news? Absolutely zero reaction. I'm happy that LeBron James is a fantastic father, an amazing role model. To, to young men everywhere, young people everywhere. Um, I'm happy that LeBron James goes above and beyond to give back to his community. And I'm also very impressed by the fact that he's been able to live up to the incredible hype that you know he, he experienced early on in his basketball career. But I am to the point right now when looking at the landscape of society that I cannot bring myself to celebrate somebody for how much money that they've made. (laughs) I just can't. (laughs) Uh, uh, That's fair. I do think billion is different. I think that puts someone like LeBron in a different category, but I I see your point there. Uh, So we're talking about, well, okay, so I want to see what you think about NIL then, because I'm very passionate about this topic, mostly because I've seen so many people suffer under the previous system that existed before NIL, and I think that a lot of this is fear-mongering from people who have been, you know, empowered and who have benefited from the system being in place before. And generally that's the first place you can look whenever people are panicking. And I think overall this is a good thing for sports and more importantly it was inevitable. Right. It was it was definitely inevitable. I, whether or not it's a good thing for sports I'm not sure because it depends on what you mean by it's a good thing for sports, right? For me, I don't even care because it's a good thing for the athletes. And that's all I really care about at this point. I love LSU football more than anything, more than any other sport on the planet. I am in tune with LSU football. And being from Baton Rouge, I know some of the personal stories of young men and young women who have gone to LSU. I know people that have gone to LSU and gone to the NBA. My cousin, cousin Glenn Davis went to LSU and then went to the NBA. But I also know people that went to these huge schools and it did happen for them. Um, and I watched them succeed while they were at these schools and then have nothing to show for it while the school has, you know, obviously millions and millions of dollars. You know, NCAA has billions and billions of dollars, whatever, the TV networks and stuff. 
So um, I don't care about the athletes. I think the most interesting thing about NIL is this. It gives you an example of who in America there is no plan for. See, there was never a plan for these athletes to succeed. Mm. There was never, uh, it was not in the cards for them to have the means to control their own destiny. And the minute that the adults in the room had to figure out a way or figure out some sort of standard or some sort of system for the have-nots to actually get something, the whole system crumbled. And to me, that's a microcosm of America. There are people in America that there's no plan for their success. There's no plan for them to get a leg up and, and move forward in society. Until there is a plan for them, until there is the means for them to do it, you're going to see dysfunction happen when they demand what they're supposed to get. And so I think it's incumbent upon not so much the NCAA, but more so the conferences. I'm talking about the Big 12 and the SEC and the PAC and the Pac-12. I'm talking about those conferences have to figure out how to make an NIL structure that both keeps intact the integrity of their sport, but also places a premium on the experience and the ability of the athlete to make money. That's up to them, not to the kids. We're talking to Van Lathan Jr., Higher Learning Podcast with Rachel Lindsay, and a new book out, Fat, Crazy, and Tired, Tales from the Trenches of Transformation. Go get it. I have already purchased mine. So as you know, my nephew, Mason, is he's at LSU right now. He's playing in the fall for LSU Tigers. I've always really liked LSU. I'm a massive Joe Burrow fan. And I also happen to love New Orleans. It's my, I think it's my favorite city in the country. And uh, obviously it's not in New Orleans, but I love Louisiana. And so you, you go to games, so you got to give me a hack. Like what's, what's one thing I got to know before I go down to one of these games? I'm going to go to one this, this season. Um, you don't need a hack. I just got to go be me. That's dangerous, man. Let, let me tell you, so let me tell you, you don't need a hack. So let me, Joy, let me, let me talk some real spill to you right now. <laughs> You're going down there. I assume you'll be in LSU colors. Yeah, of course. You're going to experience a love like you've never experienced before. You're going to experience 100,000 people inside of a stadium. You're going to experience 100,000 people outside of a stadium. You're going to experience every different type of food that exists in South Louisiana. You're going to experience people bringing you into dance parties. You're going to experience people in costumes and everyone for one reason, celebrating not just a team, but a team that's representative of a culture and one celebration that happens every Saturday at a place in the fall in Louisiana that doesn't exist anywhere else in the landscape of sports. There's no hat for it. There's nothing you need to do special. Go down there, be a part of it, and you win. Uh, that, that was a really good – you should help recruit for LSU. That was a really good pitch. <laughs> I was like, it was like it was emotional. I felt emotional listening yeah. to that. I love my Tigers. Listen, I that's why I love Louisiana. I don't like a lot. Some people like don't like New Orleans or whatever. I think it's weird, but it's the culture there that I love. It's like a really good energy. It's a very spiritual place to me, and I love going down there. So I'm very excited for him, and I'm I'm really looking forward to going to a game. So I'll let yeah, you know how it goes. And you and you and you guys are going to be part of the family. We're excited to have him down there too. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for coming on, Van. We'll have you on again, hopefully. Van Lathan Jr., check out his book, Fat, Crazy, and Tired, Tales from the Trenches of Transformation. And uh, have a great weekend, Van. Appreciate it. You too, Joy. Bye-bye. Listen to the Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, a little more on the NBA Finals. Game two is tomorrow night. Wow, I think it's going to go next on the Joy Taylor Show. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Bruno. There's the sun. Finally. Might turn out to be a nice day here in L.A. after all. Thanks, It'll, it's going to burn off. <laughs> yeah. Only people in L.A. know what that means. <laughs> the marine layer. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today at the Joy Taylor Show. Had a fun show. Van Lathan Jr. Check out his new book. Amina Smith, NBC Sports Boston, and Mark Medina, NBA analyst for Fox Sports. Game two is tomorrow night. I am looking forward to it. I was excited about this this series. I I don't think we had a great team 
in the NBA this year. Um, it was supposed to be the Suns year, and we all saw how that ended. So there was a lot of parity in the league this year. A lot of teams that went deep in the playoffs had good coaching, good cultures, good benches, which I think is really healthy for the league. All of the the postseason ratings were up without LeBron in the postseason, which is also a good sign for the league. I think it's just trending in a different a different direction. I was I was talking about the super teams last night, and you know just the concept of that. I, I, there's always going to be multiple ways to win, obviously, but I do think it's a good thing that you know you have two teams in the finals now that are good cultures, good coaching, and aren't super teams. Whatever you think of Golden State, which I think is very fascinating, they're not a super team. They're not. They drafted and developed. Their core players, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. I don't know why everyone seems to forget that. It's probably the KD effect. It's really weird to me. Like, they're the definition. If you really like people being loyal and staying in place and, like, dedicated and coaching and, like, good cultures and all those, like, traditional old school things, you should love Golden State. And when people were mad about KD going there, I thought that was fascinating, too. I'm like, KD has spent nine years with Seattle and Oklahoma City. He's not allowed to choose to go to a good organization. Like, he's sold out. He's got to suffer. I hate suffer competitions. He doesn't have to suffer. He's one of the best players in league history. He should be allowed to go win some championships. He's earned the right to do that. People act like he was in Golden, in Oklahoma City for two years and just bailed. That's, that's not how this went down. He, he earned the right to be able to do that. And for that matter, Golden State had their core great players, their Hall of Fame players, and had money to be able to bring in Kevin Durant. This finals, though, is not one built off of free agency. No. What's it, the only, like, Al Horford is the only, like, who he wasn't, obviously. I mean, they made moves. Like, both teams have made adjustments, but you have to do that. Every team does that. I mean, even Milwaukee last year, like, they brought in Drew Holiday, like, PJ Tucker was a huge role player for them. Like they they brought in pieces. So it's it's not like every team is just everybody's just been drafted and developed. That's not how any team is built. But people don't like the the super team thing cuz it feels unfair. I don't I don't get into the fair argument. Do better. It's the same thing with the Heatles. Do better. You don't have Pat Riley so you can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? There's that, that everybody's not great. There, that's why we celebrate greatness. Your team isn't good enough to have a GM that can put things in place to bring in superstars. Sorry. That's just how it goes. Them's the breaks. You can be a 19-year-old and make a million dollars. You can. Great. That's what America is. You are it allowed is. to make a million dollars. if, And you should be able to do that whether you're an athlete or a musician or a you know, day trader or gamer or whatever it is that you do. There's no regulation on how old you have to be to make money. But look at Macaulay Culkin. He couldn't even have his own money. He had to be emancipated from his parents to be able to access his money because he was making all this dough as a child star. Right. Right. I don't know. People, people just get crazy about all this stuff. Just relax. It's a beautiful Saturday. Just relax. It's all going to be fine. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Uh, really looking forward to game two tomorrow night. I think it's going to be much chippier than game one. I think Golden State's going to come out with a lot of energy. Couple, couple hard fouls early, kind of set the tone, and uh, I think Golden State wins game two. I always thought this was going to go seven, so I feel like we're in for a long series and a, and a fun one. So that's tomorrow night. Hope you guys enjoy the weekend. Make sure you join me and Colin Monday at noon Eastern on FS1. 
Be safe. Have fun. Catch you later. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free 